this week, we do enter that season of Christmas, of Advent, as we look forward to the birth of Jesus as found in Scripture. And this month, we are going to be going through a series based on that song called It's a Strange Way to Save the World. Um, and we're going to go through all of those questions that, that Joseph asked there at the manger. And we're going to end the series on the Christmas Eve candlelight service with a devotional message about this strange way. You know, Joseph is a strange character in the narrative. He plays a vital role, but he's more of a background character. We never really hear Joseph say anything. He's just there. He is someone that God chose for some reason to play this role. And so I wanted to look at the text that contains his account of the nativity this morning to find out what we can learn from Joseph about being used by God and why God would have used him. And there in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, it says, The birth of Jesus Christ came out in this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. When Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the, Lord, as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you. We praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask that you would be with us this morning to make yourself known. Father, use me as a vessel for the words that I speak. Be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We ask all these things in your son Jesus and for his sake and all God's people said. Amen. Joseph was in a tough position. He's betrothed to this girl and she was found to be with child. And so the family was probably going, you know, get rid of her. Don't have anything to do with this. This cannot be good. But he had a choice to make, and he had three options. He could choose to go on with the marriage. And that's not unheard of for a man to marry a woman and, 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 and take the place of the father. But that's a different world. Today, people do that because of love. But back then, they didn't marry because of love. Back then, this, this wasn't a great love story. This was probably an arranged marriage. And so Joseph was sitting here with a very big quandary. Did he go on with the marriage? Did he fulfill the law of Deuteronomy 22, 23, and 24 that says she must be stoned to death? Or did he divorce her quietly? Now, that's strange words to us because why would you divorce someone you're engaged to? That makes no sense. But this, this wasn't like us. Again, People get engaged and break engagements like that today. There's, there's no rules. There's nothing. But back then, this was the pre-marriage. This was, you're married, but you're not married. This was, you know, 
everything except for you're not going to live together. That's your wife. You, you plan to take care of her. You plan to get these things ready. You, you get ready. And there is a legal binding contract here. Money or goods has changed hands. And so if he wanted to get rid of her, he had to go through the process of divorce. And this is the way that he was leaning. And then the angel shows up. Can you imagine? In a dream. That'd be a good dream. I wake up with some weird dreams sometimes. And that's a dream that he knew was from God. There was an angel saying directly to him, Joseph, don't be afraid. Because what's inside Mary has come from God. and It's holy and it's, it's blessed. And just take her as your wife. Go and have the child and name the child and, and do all the things that need to be done. And then you see Joseph's response here and what goes on. And when we see what Joseph does and, and how he reacts, we see a lot of things about what go on. Because Joseph first was chosen as Jesus' father because he was a just man. That's why, G, that's why God chose him. He was a just man. God knew he was a just man. Can you imagine if he wasn't a just man? Can you imagine what how this story would have happened? He wanted to do what was right in the eyes of God. For God. Toward Mary. For himself. And even for the child that he was assuming belonged to someone else. But he wanted to do what was right. He was just. A just man listens to circumstance before making a decision. So Joseph was thinking it over. A non-just man would have said, just stone her. Get rid of her. I don't believe anything she says. Could you believe her story? I was in the bedroom one night and an angel showed up to me and asked me to have a baby. Nothing happened, Joseph, I promise. But he was just. And he began to ponder these things. And he began to think about what was going on. This woman you've paid the bride price for being told she is pure is now pregnant. She's unclean and now she's lying to my face. Circumstances look that way. He's mulling over this situation. He's basically decided, I'm, I'm just going to divorce her. I don't want her to get killed. I don't want the baby hurt. I'll just divorce her quietly. Nobody will ever know what happened. Nobody will know. And then he gets the dream. And the dream tells him six things. First it says, don't be afraid to marry Mary. It says, the child is the product of the Holy Spirit. She's still pure, Joseph. She's going to have a son. You need to name him Jesus. Now, Joseph was the one at the naming ceremony who had to name the baby. You don't think about that too much. He was given this instruction for a reason because the father named the baby. Eight days later when the name was given, the father named the baby. Remember John the Baptist in the story there and his father who couldn't speak for nine months? I know many of you women are going, thank you, Jesus. But the, the father couldn't speak for nine months. Man, and he's sitting there and he's like, okay, I know what his name's supposed to be. He's supposed to be named John, but I can't. And he's writing this stuff down. John is his name. And they're going, there's nobody in your family with that name. You don't name somebody that. And he said, no, his name is John. And then his mouth is open. The father is the one who picks the name. And so here, he is supposed to name him Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. Jesus is, is our Americanized version of what's really there. It's Yeshua. Does that sound familiar? Yeshua. 
Joshua. There is a connection here of what it means of someone to bring you out of your sin and take you into a conquering land. You were to name him Jesus because he is going to save the people from their sins. And this was all foretold, Jesus. Joseph, this is what's going on. That's a lot to take in a dream. You ever woke up from a dream sitting there going, what in the world did that happen? And you're trying to hold on to the pieces and remember it because I've got to remember this stuff because I've got to be able to put it back together. Because when I tell Carrie this, she's going to go, what? <laughs> Joseph was given a lot of information in this dream. And he had to hold on to it. It was clear and he came out of it. And he was a just man and God chose him for that reason because a just man would listen to that. But Joseph was also chosen because he had an obedient heart. Look at his obedience. The text says he woke up and went and did what the angel said. He didn't wake up and go, was that dream real? It doesn't say he went, well, let me go talk to the priest about this. Let me go call my friend. Let me talk to him. He didn't do any of that. It says he woke up and went and did what the angel tells him. He was obedient. He just went and did it. He took God's word on faith. He doesn't question. He doesn't wait. He simply goes and does what he's supposed to do. He was obedient. And so God chose him for his obedience. God chose him for what he knew he would do and how he would react because Joseph was obedient. But Joseph was also chosen this because he had a courageous spirit. Now you're going, wait a minute. Joshua was courageous. David was courageous. Samson was courageous. This is Joseph. It took courage to do what Joseph did. He lived in a society where people were already talking. This was a small town. Nazareth wasn't real big. He wasn't living in New York City where it didn't matter what happened with him and Mary. He was living in Lapan. Everybody knew that baby wasn't his. And everybody was whispering. It took courage for him to do this. It took courage for him to step out in faith and trust that what this dream had said was actually what God had said. He was believing this incredible story and he did what was asked. Can you imagine the pressure Joseph had to have felt when he knew he had to name the baby Jesus but there was nobody in his family named Jesus? Not only are you marrying this girl when the baby's not yours, but you're not even going to give him a name, a good name, a good family name? You're not even really going to claim him as his? You're not going to claim him as yours? You're going to say he's something? What are you doing? And when he has another dream later, after the baby's born, he just goes. He takes off and goes to Egypt. I just go. He was giving up so much. He was giving up his reputation in this world. It didn't matter what the truth was or how things really were in the marriage. People were going to talk. They were going to say things. Either that they had fornicated before they were married. Joseph took liberties. I can keep people saying that. You know that time they went to the well? Or they were going to say she cheated and he put up with it. And either way there were going to be snickers around that. Either way people were going to go he's a loser. I can't believe he would do that. He was giving up his name. 
The people who didn't believe in Jesus were going to say he was Jesus, bar Joseph, Jesus, the son of Joseph. But the people who knew Jesus were going to say he was Jesus, the son of God. He was given up his name. He was given up his, his entire identity. He, he wasn't the father. He was mostly known. Through, he's mostly known as the husband of Mary. Right? This was a patriarchal society where, where women were kind of pushed to the side. This was a very male-dominated society. And here, he's going to be known for the rest of his life as Mary's husband. Not as Joseph, the stepdad of Jesus. But Joseph, Mary's husband. Gave up all these things. Most likely, he was given up family and friend connections because, let's face it, in small towns, our friend connections get cut off and we don't like what's going on. He was choosing to follow God even when nobody else would understand. He was choosing to follow God when people were taught. He was choosing to follow God when he meant moving his family on a moment's notice. If God said to you, okay, it's time for you to move right now, I mean, would you do it? Can you imagine being a carpenter? You built up a business and all of a sudden God says, go to Egypt. That was pretty quick. He'd been in Bethlehem probably for two, for two years, you know, after having babies being born. They hadn't moved on yet. Go, get out of here. He goes to Egypt, builds up his business again as a carpenter. And then God says, okay, it's time to go back. And he goes again. He just goes when God says to go. He chose to follow God even if it meant he would never be the person he could. That's probably the hardest. He was willing to give up his personal desires to be obedient to God. But Joseph was also chosen because he was an ordinary man. <laughs> You're probably saying, yeah, but he was a special person God chose. Well, you know, but he was a guy trying to make a living. Trying to set up a home. Trying to do the best he could in this world and pay his bills. He was ordinary. He wasn't a king. He wasn't a general. He wasn't an emperor. He wasn't a governor. He wasn't anything special. He was an ordinary man who was faithful to God. Matthew 13, 55. He was a carpenter. He was an ordinary man. Now, he wasn't a, he, he wanted to make a living. This will be important to who Jesus is. Because his example was an ordinary man. A guy who worked with his hands. A guy who did the things that needed to be done. In Luke 2, when you see them going to the, uh, the naming ceremony to get him circumcised, they offered a pair of doves or two pigeons. Why did they do that? Because they couldn't afford a lamb. Over in Leviticus, I know people think Leviticus is boring, but it's really not. Over in Leviticus, you find out that you take a lamb, but if you can't afford a lamb, you bring in two doves or two pigeons. And so the fact that they brought those things to his circumcision shows that Joseph was just like you and me. He was an ordinary man trying to make his way in the world but choosing to follow God in obedience. He was ordinary. That's amazing to me. Can you imagine God picking somebody ordinary and saying, I want you to take care of my kids? That's responsibility. He was ordinary. And God chose him for it. 
Because the truth is, Joseph's qualities are the qualities of anybody God is going to use. They're going to be obedient. They're going to be just. They're going to be courageous. And they're going to be ordinary in some way. God doesn't always just choose spectacular people. We have a tendency in our culture to look towards those spectacular people. We can name off people and we start talking about the, the, the greatest musicians we know and we start naming all these guys who have all this money and I'm sitting here going, but are they really the greatest musicians or are they most popular? One of my favorite musicians of all time died a pauper voluntarily because he wanted to follow God. I want to take a guess of who that was. Rich Mullins. Rich Mullins had a, an epiphany as he was making money singing songs about Jesus and he decided to become a pauper and give it all away. Ordinary. Because God makes the ordinary extraordinary. Joseph's question in this song is, is why me? Why did God choose me for this? What sets me apart? We know it was just and obedient, but anyone can have those qualities if we walk with God. Why him? Because God saw something in Joseph that uniquely qualified him to serve. He saw him something that made him the man for the situation. And that's how God does in many situations. He looks for the ordinary person in the pew. He looks for the ordinary person who has something in them that he knows he can pull out. Because he doesn't look at us and see the things that we do. He looks at us and sees our potential. He looks at us and knows that, hey, this is something that can happen. Joseph, you have the potential to be a great father to my child. We never see Joseph past the age of 12 for Jesus. We don't know if he's dead. We don't know if he's around. We don't know what's going on. But after the age of 12, he's gone. But those 12 years shaped who Jesus was going to be. What about you this morning? Do you find yourself asking the question, why me? Do you wonder why you have trials and barriers and tasks to do that nobody else seems to have to deal with? This was a trial for Joseph. Nobody else had to deal with this. Can you imagine Joseph thinking, nobody can understand this. He's right. Nobody can understand this. He had to step out of faith and do it by himself. Do you sometimes think this just doesn't make any sense? Why am I having to face this? Maybe it's because you're just. Maybe it's because you're being obedient. Maybe God has looked inside you and he's allowed you to be put in a place, in a situation where you're the one that he's going to choose because he sees something that makes you qualified for that purpose, for that thing. Maybe nobody else can do it. The greatest lie in churches today that I have watched over and over again is somebody always thinks, well, somebody else will do it. Somebody. 
and you don't do it. That's a tough question. Because there are people that I could talk to for days and years and months who would never click with. But you, you can say a couple of words and man, it clicks. Clicks. That's painful sometimes, I'm telling you, for me. I've had it happen. There, 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 there was one time, more than one, there was one time that sticks out in my head that I had shared with somebody something for, for years. And they heard somebody else say it, literally word for word. It was the first time I'd ever heard that. If God has called you to share Jesus with somebody, it's because you're uniquely qualified to do it. It's because He has a job for you. It's because you may be Joseph in that moment helping to birth Jesus in the life of that person. Because God calls us to these things. If He gives you a job that you have to do and go, you can't go, God, I can't do that. It's because He's seen deep in your soul and He knows that you can do it. He knows what He's going to pull out of you. He knows where He's going to place you when you find yourself in a YB situation that's not caused by your own actions. Let's... Now sometimes we step off in it and we ask why me because we've done something that's put us in a situation we're not supposed to be in. That ain't God preparing me for nothing. That's me being stupid. I just need to clarify that real fast. But if God has put you in a situation... You can take comfort in the story of Joseph, Joseph knowing that God has seen the essence of your soul and has seen a strength in you that to carry you through. He knows that whatever He has for you, He's going to use. And He's going to do what He has purposed in His heart to do. Because God is going to have His way and He's going to do what He wants to do. When finances are tight because of the economy, God knows you can be obedient and a good steward of what you're provided. When illness takes over, God knows you can walk with Him through this and trust in His grace wherever the road takes you. When, when people tear you down and attack you, God knows you can stand in the light of His love and be surrounded by protection of His armor. When the enemy comes in against you with your past or your failures, God knows that you can remind Him of His future. God knows what's in you. When every weapon you can think of is fired at you, God has promised that no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. When the mountain before you looks too hard and too big to climb, God's asked you to go over that mountain. He's promised that you can do all things, even that, through Him who strengthens you. When that mountain gets in the way of what God wants for you, God knows that that small amount of faith will allow you to tell that mountain you're moved into the light you can't see. God looks into us. And when God gives us a new territory or a new job and He's placed it before you and God says go in and take my word that even though there are giants and even though there are pitfalls and even though there are dangers and even though you may be scared, He knows that you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. He knows these things and He's looked into you. So no matter where you are or what you're going through, if God has placed you in that situation, He has seen in your soul and has faith that you don't even know that you have. He knows what He's going to pull out. And all He asks, all He desires, all He wants is us being just 
abiding in the righteousness of Christ and being obedient to his will. We, like Joseph, may be asking, why me? I'm just an ordinary man. God's answer will always be, I have chosen you for this situation. And I have uniquely qualified you to stand firm and overcome. As we approach this season where we celebrate the birth of our Savior, let's remember the example of the forgotten father of Christmas. A simple righteous man who simply followed where God led this season, let us simply be obedient to what He wants us to be. Maybe this morning, you've been in the middle of your own whammy. Whammy. Maybe God has put you there because He knows what's inside you and what He has planted and what He is going for. Maybe He knows. Maybe he's preparing for you for something bigger than you ever imagined. The greatest journey starts with one step away. Maybe this morning you've been struggling with obedience. You've been struggling with courage. You've been struggling with faithfulness. You've been struggling to do the things that God has called you to do. Now is the time to say, okay, God, I'm giving it all to you. Maybe this morning you want to just build. Maybe you want to pray. The altar's open. Maybe I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to start missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church membership. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've never known the one who came into this world and trusted himself into the arms of an ordinary man. Maybe you've never known him. Now would be a great time to know him. Just walk the aisle and say, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus. Wherever you're at, Whatever you need, give it to him. Would you pray? Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you. We praise you for your blessings.